0: Hello, um, welcome to I think it's I think it's Podcast Adventure Number Twenty, um, unbelievably. Um, so welcome to Podcast Adventure Number Twenty, and um, today, somewhat kind of fittingly, we are an all-female crew, and today we're going to be talking about feminism. And um, before we kind of go on to that, can shall we all just say hello individually or together? Hello, everyone. Hello, are Hello. Hiya. we are joined by bex heather antonia and tonya today and me liz so um this podcast is about feminism and for those of you who don't know foundation for change uh, runs a program called feminism for change there you go and um so this is a program that looks at feminist uh, feminist ideas and, and kind of approaches to to several kind of topics and um i just wanted to ask the team because so so some people might say so some people might say okay you work with people who've had problems with addiction and 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 kind of traumatic events and so on what's the point of teaching you know feminism where, where what's the connection that don't make any sense so i want you to make sense of it for me what's the connection between women of experience kind of lots of Difficult things in their lives and feminism.
1: I would say that Foundation for Change as a whole teaches people about like empowerment in with regard to kind of like the world we live in and and what we experience and, and as a woman um, coming into coming into that with. Um, specific ideas or about what you should be as as a woman and as a mother that um if you've come from you know a lifetime of addiction then that's going to bring loads of shame and guilt and blame um and being able to explain it through the lens of feminism Kind of takes away the onus of blame, and you can kind of see that society itself is is kind of balanced and fairly toward towards women and women's role in the world and and it, and it can lessen the blame and it can make you kind of understand the world and your role as a woman in it a bit better
2: yeah i i i you know I, I agree with Heather because I think that women's experience. Um, is really personal to being kind of like a woman and it's really individual and especially in addiction, um, you know, your individual experience is really different and it feels like feminism can be, you know, an awfully scary word but actually it's just understanding your own personal experience as a woman. Yeah, for me, I think
3: um, feminism an addiction. Um, I think that, um, it's, it is very individual cause when I was, I was just thinking that myself, but it's really empowering with the shared experiences of a woman. Um, for me personally, um, before I knew anything about feminism, probably thought I was the only woman person going through stuff. So to see the the um, power of, um, being in a feminist group and talking about women's issues, um, it's the shared experiences that sort of um, really make me feel empowered, I'd say, um, as a woman, because I'm not on my own. And there's so many of us going through the same same things. So for us to get together and speak about stuff is really empowering for me.
4: I think when you first go into treatment, whether you go um, straight into AA or rehab, you're kind of just treated as an addict instead of a woman so you get chucked in with all the men in the meetings and you get chucked in rehab with all the men and no one ever kind of explores your addiction through your experience as a woman so I think when when I did the feminism course and you sat around with all the other women and you're all talking about stuff I think a lot comes up for you in that feminism course about your addiction and the way you've experienced it in this world as a woman is completely different to a lot of men's experience. Yeah. I mean
0: picking up a bit of a theme from you here, um, that, that, you know, started off with Heather, that actually the experience of addiction of as a woman it is 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 a very different one from from our, you know, our male counterparts, if you like. Um the 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 thing about treatment is interesting as well, isn't it? Because I know that for I think for a long time now but you know men have outnumbered women in treatment by about three to one because there's lots of reasons why women are also quite kind of reluctant to go into treatment as well so not only is the treatment system for addiction you know kind of um women are kind of less less present in that system but also um of course the system the treatment system we're talking a lot about systems lately but the treatment system is you know it's very much functions in response to to the majority of men that go through it. so that I mean, that in a way was some of the some of the thinking we had about uh, when we set up feminism for change because we 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 thought that feminism is just a way of understanding system, isn't it? And the system that feminism on, is understanding is patriarchy. You know, it's patriarchy. It's a way of understanding a system, um, and and quite a lot of feminism is also quite critical of capitalism. I think it 's fair to say <laughs> as a system, so you know like feminism is a way of, of 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 understanding what happened to you as a woman, but with it within particular uh, emphasis on addiction what what i mean can we go a bit deeper into this i mean what what do you think the kind of different different experiences are? what are they around
2: Well, you know I suppose it's kind of um, being a woman in in the first place and like you know it's women's biology um, and you know we as women are the ones which kind of like give birth, have children um, and you know I think in society's eyes but also practically you know it is generally women's responsibility to nurture rear children which comes with its own kind of set of you know responsibilities and you know i'm not a mum but i have lots of friends in addiction um or who are in recovery who are mothers um and you know i think that you know the hurdle of actually navigating motherhood and you know having to be a good mum at the same time of having I don't know. It's like the stigma of addiction um, is all of a sudden makes you a bad mother is just like, you know, it's huge. It's kind of like, you know, you, I can't imagine how suffocating and debilitating that must feel, which is very unique to kind of like, you know,
1: yeah, being, being, being a woman. And also a massive restriction on on, on actually getting help. If you are addicted, yeah. because you have a massive fear of of social services and your children being taken away, and it can be you know it'd be years and years before before you you can you you go there because of that fear. Yeah,
0: yeah, and that that's really it's really really calm place That's you know you hear it again and again. I mean, it's just about it. There's a lot. I and mean, here again, you know, we're talking very clearly about the, the the kind of role of feminism in in understanding this because it's that sort of double standard stuff where there's that there's that kind of um idea of a kind I know it's not the same for all men, but the idea of a kind of a male drug user is rather swaggering kind of, you know, cool kind of, you know, and obviously that's not, you know, lots of men's experience, but it's your nick caves. It's you like, oh yeah, you know, like here I am, you know, you know, sort of taking on the world and I, you know that feels like a very different um um sort of way of understanding substance misuse, rather than the shame that tends to be around women either it, because if they're mothers or if they have to fund their drug habits through um survival sex or sex work you know they're very different experiences
1: well that you know again brings us back so that kind of thing of patriarchy and how we're kind of like socialized to, to be certain ways and, and to judge others in certain ways. And that obviously that affects men as well as women, you know, there's, it's not just as poor women, It's it's stifling and not being able to live your own kind of like life and how you want to live without, with, outside of these really confined stereotypical rigid roles of of our genders and how we we have to behave
0: and look and think and t- speak or not you know all of it i mean you you know again i don't want to kind of end up talking about men um but you know i think i think like lots lots of lots of men have have real kind of difficulties with their emotions Um, because they're socialized to be a certain way and and not to be you know not to be gay or not to be I don't mean you know homosexual I just mean don't be a you know don't be gay don't be a girl don't be emotional and you know that that forms a very difficult relationship with your own emotions and what do you do with that you know you, you can use drugs and alcohol to to escape those those difficult relationships with your emotions I think lots of men and you know and and we're talking about a specific set of circumstances for women using drugs and alcohol aren't we and and their experience of the treatment but i think it's a good point generally that those stifling roles don't you know aren't too good for anybody
4: Mm -hmm. making me think of um when i first got really ill when i was drinking a lot um no one really knew how much I was drinking because it was baffling to them how I got so ill. And while I was kind of, they were all discussing it, they were thinking, oh, maybe it's because her boyfriend hasn't proposed to her. This, this is why she's, she's been drinking, because she's not married yet. and She's 30. Oh this must God. be it. Like, that was the answer for my drinking, that I hadn't been made a wife yet. That's, you're suffering from,
0: well, very, I know very on, I'm just slightly off topic, but very on, um, very early on when they discovered morphine. Um, no, no, when they discovered heroin, that's right, because they discovered morphine is used first, as you know, sort of for soldiers on the battlefield to, to kind of cure pain. And then they discover heroin, and heroin is first used as a sort of treatment for morphine addiction. Go figure. <laughs> um, that doesn't make any sense. But they, the first, the early days of heroin, it was um, prescribed for spinsterhood women who were oh, you didn't like that Bex um for women who were unmarried you know by 30 they'd say goodness what you need is some heroin and it was probably quite effective actually you know all these kind of women's floating around in crinolines kind of being like yeah great I'm cool about not being married now it's fine <laughs> yeah.
2: that is so me like a hundred years ago I'm I'm ready.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah Sorry, we are not in any way glamorising the use of heroin or the wearing of crinolines. Um, we want to make that perfectly clear. Um,
1: but I, I, just found, I just found out a little fun fact, actually, uh, to do with feminism. The word spinster is like this derogatory word now. But it actually comes from the fact that spinsters were women who were so good at their own art that they could, they were like, could fund themselves and look after themselves. So they didn't kind of need a man. So they were uh, self-sufficient, basically, in like, you know, a few hundred years ago. Um, and so that's kind of and yeah, so they've become they didn't need a man. They weren't, didn't get married. And now that's become like this derogatory term for, for women that, are, you know, these poor women that haven't got men.
0: Wow. reclaim the words but you know what that is absolutely brilliant I think we should have that as a sort of you know like when you have a logo kind of sewn into polo shirts or something with a you know a little, like, little spinster thing because because one of the early you know you, I was a person that kind of sat down and thought right I have to construct this feminism course and watch recover but one of the one of the reasons was that Bob and I kept kind of working with women who were doing really well in their own recovery and, you know, we're, we're doing brilliantly. And then we'd kind of get pulled back into really shitty relationships that you just kind of thought, whoa, don't go, you know, don't go back. Come on, just, just you know, be self-sufficient. And somehow the message seemed to be to women that they, they couldn't be self-sufficient. They couldn't, you know, stand alone in their recovery. They had to step back into kind of somebody's girlfriend or so on, you know. And, and and especially in early recovery, that felt like a really, I don't know, it just felt like a bit of a shame, really, to sort of see women kind of discovering who they were and then suddenly kind of feeling like they got really entangled in very traditional kind of roles of who they thought they should be mm. often. Um, so, you know, like, I really mean, like this idea of being a self-sufficient spinster for a little bit in your life and i think it kind of might be a bit necessary in early recovery certainly well there is that
1: thing isn't there like when you come out of toxic relationships or just to you know rather go straight into another one to kind of like have that space to kind of find yourself and i guess in recovery it's kind of that kind of thing of the same kind of thing you need that space to actually find find yourself and find who you are in the world without having that kind of like crutch that, that you've always had
0: yeah
2: and, I, you know, it's kind of so interesting that as well, because I think, you know, women's only groups and courses are kind of so important to have that space to find yourself in recovery. Um, and, you know, I think sometimes in some cases, it, for for different reasons, it can be quite intimidating as a woman going uh, into mixed groups, whether it be kind of things like NA, AA. So y- having kind of like a, a space where you look at female only issues uh, through the lens of something like you know feminism and understanding feminist history um is your space to kind of you know get into spinsterhoods and and really kind of, yeah enjoy
0: enjoy finding out who you are again like as a woman you know it reminds me i very early on i don't know i'm gonna name them they don't exist anymore um very early on um in my recovery, well, so I was. Don't, don't think I was in recovery yet but um I, I I was told that the what was the Portobello Road drug project was really good I didn't really live in West London but I sort of trekked all over the way I was living in North London but I I kind of went over to West London and turned up on a women on a Wednesday morning I think it was because women's women's morning and I arrived knocked at the door and they opened it and went oh it's you can't come on it's women's morning um it's a bit more androgynous in those days and I just said oh, I am a woman you've got to let me in <laughs> um but uh, so I was rejected from the women's morning and they're all right in the end I was a bit you know a bit more androgynous in those days um but um I think that sort of space to find out who you are is really uh, you know is really important and but also, uh, not just to, to, to you know have some critical thinking about that as well i mean that 's what feminism brings doesn 't it? a bit of way of understanding who you are with a bit of you know un- sort of deeper understanding than just sitting around kind of chatting or what and building up relationships with other women, I think
1: a lot of women come in going i i don 't get on with other women you know um, there 's reasons for that. Um, and 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 as the time goes on, being able to share your experiences and realizing that you know, as a group of women, you have experienced the same you experiences. You know, you've gone through the same kind of struggles, and and it's very much a kind of like a bonding bonding thing to know that you you know you aren't you're not alone as a woman in the world that other women have experienced those kind of things, because we're very much you know. To, to kind of split ourselves up and be kind of again not against each other but just competing competing against each other you know so
0: totally i mean it's the old divide and rule isn't it it? that's what power does it's kind of pits people against each other
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and um yeah they're they're too busy kind of you know conflicting with each other having conflict with each other to take on smash the patriarchy (laughs) and move on (laughs) and then rule the world as spinsters um well the interesting thing about this is it's also the word feminism because um i remember when bob and i you know very early on were talking about the course we we talked to a few sort of drug workers and went look we're thinking of doing this course called or well, this program called feminism for change <laughs> those drug workers were like yeah, that's really great, but i changed the name. Nobody's going to turn, you know, no women are going to want to turn up for a a course called Feminism. Why don't you call it, you know, like Women's Tuesday or whatever, you know, kind of something, you know, women's group. Um, Why don't you call it that? And um, we were like, no, no, it needs to be called Feminism because that's the bloody point of it. What have and Antonio and Heather here, you were actually running the course. What you know what what do you think people's people people's response to that word is are oh, coming into it? Because I, I think people are quite curious about it self. So.
3: I think it's a quite have- loaded word and I think that um some women are quite scared of it and they don't um they don't know if it relates to them the word. I think the word is quite um heavy, quite loaded, a big word. But nevertheless, they're coming, aren't they? Yes, they are. They are. Because I think once you start looking be- at something through a different lens that you haven't never looked through before, I do think that it becomes more, um, you know, you, well, for me, I mean, I can talk personally, you just get um, a hunger to want to know more and to find out more and just kind of apply it to yourself as a woman and and to see where you are in the world, and why, like, you know, choices that we've made and stuff along the way. And feminism for me was a not
1: a nice word. We have women coming in and like, well, I'm not a feminist. I, I, I like men. <laughs> it's like, well, it's, it's not. It's not about not liking men. You know, it's it's that thing of like having specific kind of ideas about feminism or just angry. Angry women with short hair and possibly dungarees you know that don't like men, and uh you know we have to kind of like tear that apart and and, and take take the kind of like the, f- the fear I guess away from it, yeah because it's become loaded.
0: Yes, I'm just curious, though, like, why, I mean, why are they turning up in the first place? What, there's got to be something in there that's saying, well, I this feminism thing, which I am not. You know, why Why are people coming, do you think?
1: Maybe they sound, you know,
0: they look at
1: the days that we do and it sounds interesting. They kind of want to delve a bit deeper and, 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 and pick it.
3: Yeah, and I think that the way that we deliver our... Uh, course i feel that we um it's it's very inclusive to all to ev- every woman that comes in no matter what background or culture we try to is what well, we do it's very inclusive and it's very um it's very needed information for women that don't look through that or would never sort of um go into a feminism and to try to understand what what it is but they, I think that you know a lot of times by the end of the course, um, women are feminists you know and they're not, they're not man hating leaving, leaving our offices with pickets and they're killing all the men. They're dead I felt you know that they leave knowing a little bit more about themselves and understanding themselves a little bit more and that leaves them feeling quite empowered and not so I don't want to say the word weak, but not so. You know, feeling that you can actually stand up yourself, be empowered with the informative information that you learn through a couple of weeks.
1: And and in an accessible and in an accessible way, you know, like the well, like our other course. It was kind of like going into kind of like sort of series or ideas that uh, on the face of it could be quite daunting, you know, even the word patriarchy, it's got too many syllables in it, you know, and, and then trying to kind of like take it apart and just see it in its simplest terms. And and then it's like, oh, God, you know, once is that, you know, once you kind of it becomes clear to people uh, that maybe have never even read a book before and never engaged with school, you know. And These theories become clear, and it's like that kind of process of, of make, making it come to life um, and relevant so that you can kind of see it. And once
0: you see it, you can never kind of unsee it. And you, you kind of nibbling at you, Tanya nibbling at the edge of the, work, the next thing I wanted to ask here, which is just like what do we think are kind of common misconceptions or you know wrong ideas about feminism, and, and, and also kind of how they related to our own our own thoughts about it because you know I didn't kind of pop out of the womb and go oh I'm a feminist you know I spent most of <laughs> most of my life um you know until my 40s go oh, I'm not a feminist because I you know I kind of grew up I was a teenager and so on in the 1970s and the feminists I encountered were all kind of academic y and I thought oh this has got fuck all to do with my life. But it didn't really kind of feel like it had any relevance whatsoever. Because all I encountered was like stuff I could didn't understand. I mean which was exactly your your point, Heather, you know, just sort of like didn't understand it. And actually what it's saying is you know, lot, lots of ways quite sort of straightforward, isn't it? So anyway, we'll be there. Yeah. Well what what do we kind of think of the misconceptions about feminism? Name a couple, like, you know, it's about hating men. Why is it? Why, why? do you think? Why do you think that that
3: is a misconception that feminism is about hating men? Because it's about empowering ourselves, getting together, and <laughs> you know, that's yeah, you know, the patriarchy and systems for what they actually are and what they do, and you know, knowledge is power. And we're it, not including
1: men, you know, we're not including men or centering men. Then we must
3: hate them.
0: <laughs> a bit of a collective kind of sort of, oh, I don't know what you call it. Not a laugh, a bit of a collective. Like, oh yeah, right, yeah, yeah. It is that kind of uh, of that kind of oversensitivity, a bit, isn't it? Like,
3: just because I'm not bloody focusing all my attention on you doesn't mean I hate you. I suppose it's in a way it's because it's, it's, it's a lack of understanding on that on that side as well, isn't it? You know, um, because even women that are coming into feminism that don't don't understand feminism at first by the end of the group like they sort of do so men or women that think that you know it's just a lack of understanding and knowledge about what it actually is
0: yeah that's that's the kind of biggest misconception really or the biggest misunderstanding it's just like a real basic lack of knowledge about what feminism is out there
3: Mm, yeah
0: i think one of the things that you know I, I hope is changing, and I think it is changing. Is that, that this kind of idea that men are kind of, you know, twigging on, clicking to, onto the point that feminism is for everybody? To quote bell hooks, but you know, it's like this, 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 like I think that's one of being the, the really fantastic positive changes in the last few years is that men are going, Ooh, yeah, right, okay, yeah, this, this kind of works for me too. And, um, uh, you know, it's helpful for me to understand how I am and those those kind of roles I I'm um, socialized into by using feminism. I think that's been a massive change. You should teach it in school, shouldn't they? Do they? No. Who should? <laughs> no idea what they teach in school these days. Well <laughs> feminism would be good, wouldn't it? It'd
4: be great. Well just toxic masculinity if men could understand how that affects them instead of feeling maybe attacked by women telling them about it, they might realise that they've been massively affected by it. Well, I think that, that's it, isn't it? It's like if we talk about misconceptions
0: or, or wrong wrong ideas about feminism, you know, it, it, it's a lot about uh, not understanding how ta- toxic masculinity impacts men as well. So it's emotional, emotional intelligence, isn't it, what we're talking about as well. There's something dead practical, I think, in feminism that just goes, the world should be really equal and people should be nice to each other and, kind of, you know, emotionally intelligent with each other. doesn't seem that radical to me, but there you go.
2: Yeah, it feels just very common sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it really does.
0: I guess it would, wouldn't it? Since it's for women, but, you know, I think there is a sort of common sense. It's like, hello, I mean, you know, I, I remember sort of a few weeks ago trying to find out... Um, I was doing some research for, you know, like for the, for the course. And I was trying to find out the world population. Um, and I, I got a bit obsessed and kind of started to track it back years, years after, you know, year, years, years before and years before that. And basically, you know, the world population is about 50, 50, and it does not change much. And the UK is about, you know, 50, like 50, you know, nearly 51% women, you know 49.5% men or whatever And you just think kind of logically this is equal you know <laughs> like the world should sort of be about equal here um uh, it's not that difficult to understand but it seems to be at a, a point of enormous confusion for some people what do you and actually and the other thing that that I wanted to kind of touch on a bit I want to ask you now. Before I touch on that, I want—I want to. I'm nosy. What I want to think. What when you were 18, um, Antonio, waiting to get married and what, <laughs> just waiting for, the, <laughs> for your prince to come, and then you just like, you know, what? 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 What were you thinking about feminism? What? What I told you mine. What were your thoughts
4: on feminism when you were young?
0: And you're young then. And, young and. You're quite young now, but I
4: think. The first feminist I ever encountered was, um, what's her name, she's like a really um, posh spoken women, she's really like a big feminist in like the 80s, Jermaine what's her Green name, Green. Is it G- I want to say Jermaine something, Jermaine yeah she was like the only feminist that I'd heard of because I think she was on Celebrity Big Brother one year. <laughs> 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 That was all the feminism I got in, like, Wales growing up. I don't know, I think, um, I think feminism, you can almost see it as like, it's like a choice you have to make. You can either be a feminist, or you have to be, like, the woman who gets married and has kids. Like, you can't be both things. If you're going to be a feminist, you have to make a choice to be that and you have to be a certain way. But it's, it's not, you learn on the feminism course that anyone can be a feminist. Kind of, I just wanted to to add
0: also. It's kind of ironic that you come from Wales. It's it's got such a fine history of spinsters wearing <laughs> like spinning, but <laughs> they're spinning wheels and their big black hats and like spinsters were friends living together. The two ladies of Langala. Like, yeah, you come from a fine, 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 like, historical line of <laughs> spinsters. Um, Welsh spinsters. How about you, Tonya what when you were we were a right rough and ready teenager? What were your views on feminism? Um, I,
3: you know, I, I didn't grow. I grew up in a different kind of um, different culture. I would say where feminism was never mentioned. I never I never never knew any feminists. Didn't. It wasn't part of my life. The word. I wasn't part of my life. I never. So I, Yeah, it wasn't in my life at all. I didn't. Um, I don't know. When I did hear the word, it was like a big academic word that um, I never really heard it because it wasn't applied to my life. My life was, um, you know, my goal from oh, my back family is to get married and get a man to look after you. So, you know, feminism wouldn't have even. You know. <laughs> I could see see how those two things wouldn't really work together. There, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. I had no no. Um, no, no experience with with um, what feminism was um, when, I, when I was young, growing up, which probably um, played into a lot of my sort of not knowing what was going on as well and stuff. You know, and me feeling like I, I don't want to be like that, but then feeling like I'm going against something and I'm the bad one. And um, am I doing something wrong for not thinking like that?
0: That's amazing isn't it it's like if you don't encounter something it makes sense to yourself how quickly you kind of go oh I must be th- wrong I must Ooh, be thinking wrong it's me like, it's yeah yeah but yeah. like earlier you talked about you know Antonia and 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 Heather and, and Tonya especially talked about when women get together and kind of compare and actually Beck, you everybody has apart from me you've you've all talked about how kind of getting together with other women and and, and understanding your experience is that big kind of important shift to understanding yourself through other people but like this idea of just never having encountered you know mm. and then just thinking what's wrong with me i don't want these things what is wrong with me how about you heather or bex what were you little teenage souls
1: well i i was kind of brought up where my mum did everything uh, and for kind of quite a young age i kind of liked seeing how like this is it's not really fair that like my mum works my dad works but my mum like cooks and cleans there's all that kind of stuff and then as usual, you know my education comes from like punk punk music and I had a, an album called Penis Envy and it had like the um the words printed out of all the songs and it was very much like blew me away how like challenging the idea of, of um women's roles in society and marriage and all that. So that kind of was a massive kind of like beacon of of something changing in my life, realizing that that there are, you know, people out there that realize that it is unjust, you know, because I was brought up by a mum that, you know, it was her job and her role um, and that was what was expected. It's like, well, I don't fucking want to do that. (laughs) So I kind of, you
0: know... Rebelled a, against them. Early little punky, mm-hmm. punky Heather. Yeah. And how about you, Bex? You came and grew up in quite a kind of alternative milieu, didn't you? I did. I, so my mum
2: was, you know, not an active second wave feminist, but uh, was very much involved in, in second wave feminism, um, with protesting, kind of like being a part of 60s London and uh, 70s London. And so I sort of grew up with feminism sort of all around me really. And so as sort of the stuff we're talking about, I think I'm, maybe that's why I'm such a sloppy feminist is because I'll take it for granted. But um, you know, my, um, yeah, it's, it's it's quite interesting. My dad's quite a feminist as well. And so like we lived um, where kind of quite communally. And so there were lots of women around and I was kind of raised by lots of nice, women, um and you know, I think you know I feel really privileged for that situation, um and being able to kind of you know grow up with it, I probably take it really for granted if I'm honest with you.
0: going back into i mean we so we're, we've all got kind of quite different we were all different ages, you know we kind of we come from different kind of cultural backgrounds, and so on um, so we have we all have a slightly different relationship to feminism one of the things i wanted to to kind of explore a bit really is that you know what is feminists discovery is probably a too 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 strong a word but um just to help people if they kind of don't know about this if I don't know about this shit, let me just say that, that, that Feminism is often talked about in waves And Bex has just talked about second wave feminism So very, very crudely It's like for first wave feminism um, Is your kind of suffrages, suffragettes And, and the, the campaign for the the right to kind of For women to just vote You know, very, very kind of basic kind of rights like that Then the second wave of feminism is, is described as Um, The campaigns around the pill, birth control, um, the 60s, the stuff that went on in the 60s and 70s. And then there's something called, unsurprisingly, there's something called the third wave of feminism, which is like kind of more 80s, 90s. And and then during the third wave, there's this idea of intersectionality comes in and i wonder if kind of heather you could kind of say a bit more about that because i know that you be, you be doing a lot of research on that recently
1: well uh yeah i mean that still comes from the critique again what we were we've all kind of mentioned the fact of like feminism being inaccessible and being uh you know for um kind of like rich middle cl- middle class white women uh, and the fact of like having black feminist voice being raised to to actually say, well, your experience is not the same as my experience, and as experiences of a black as a black woman in the world are different. You know, so so it's kind of like broadening the voices of what of giving more of more of a voice to, to sort of feminists
0: from all over the world, I guess. Yeah. And recognising and it's also recognizing kind of, you know, Oh, the, the, you know class the different kind of financial circumstances people come from the different the different cultural circumstances people are, are born into you know just a little run through our team god we're a small team um and we're all white women but you know we have a very different relationship to feminism so you know that 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 kind of in, this idea of intersectionality was a way of making that very explicit wasn't it and 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 making the, the 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 not the cause of feminism but making the product of feminism have to kind of engage with these differences and these in these greater inequalities like we're not all the same you know people. yeah yeah and having being making it more accessible to all yeah. women yeah and it must be said i i think there's something to be overlooked here that because so this is like if you think about it, this is like eighties, nineties. When's Crenshaw? Um, what 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 year is that? That was like
1: early nineties, I think. I think. I'm thinking. So, okay.
0: So this is, this is a woman who was is kind of credited with the first kind of talking about intersectionality about how inequality it's not just like you are the world's unequal because you're a woman but if you are a black woman who is you know not physically you know his is um you know comes from a kind of poor background that that is a greater inequality than just being a woman it came yeah it came
1: from specific thing of like uh general motors firing firing a black women and they were going well we're not racist or sexist because we we hire um you know we hire women and black people and uh, but you know black people were men on the line and the white people women were the secretaries yeah. so it was like and they wasn't even kind of like engaged on them thrown out in courts and things because they were just too worried about it kind of blowing up that the mm-hmm. fact that you know uh, it wasn't the whole thing with you know black women weren't being were being ignored
0: throughout this whole thing there's something really brilliant going on because it really it's a really it's a really um it's a really powerful way of getting sort of beyond that kind of tick boxy when we employ back people or you know it actually kind of actually looks at the knit at the oh gosh and they said nitty gritty and somebody told me that that's not an appropriate phrase um but um, hello, everybody. That was my calendar. I thought I'd, I'd switch to, to my calendar. And there you go. Mm, what have I got? Oh, yeah, I've got a next, my next meeting is in 10 minutes. Um, right. OK. But, you know, so this idea of intersectionality, it sounds kind of complicated, but it's actually really brilliant because it says the reality of people's lives isn't just that being a woman is, you know, creates a greater inequality. It's all the other shit as well. So it's not just being, I read it as it's not just being a, you know, an addict that, that life is different difficult you know and and you often hear people go oh yes addiction you know oh you know it's the same for rich people and poor people well it's bloody not you know (laughs) and it's and it's different for women so we come back to this idea of intersectionality intersectionality and women and feminism really understanding that women's experience of addiction is complex and uh, you know Covers lots of feelings of shame and difficulties around child care and what it, how you get your drugs and how safe you are getting your drugs and lots of things you know mm. All your alcohol and what what that means it, it, you know it 's a really kind of great way of kind of of understanding the world <laughs> Gosh, here we are making sense of and can we just have a big um you know shout out to Sylvia. Uh, Pankhurst pancast here who is bloody amazing. So Tonya, you know a bit about Sylvia, don't you?
3: I do. I mean I was just thinking about her with um, when we was talking about um Kimberly Crenshaw because um the intersectionality as well from when she was um so she's part of the Pankhurst family and um but her mum Emmeline and sister stopped um, their feminists for the war and she sort of just um you know, she, she done a nursery to give out food for mothers and children. And she just really sort of, for me, I, I love her as well. I think she's, um, she, she tried to um, work with the working class people on the ground and um kind of held that together. And I think she was rich intersectionality wasn't a word then, but I think that that is what she was trying to do. Weave in people that have forgotten sort of on the, the floor
0: so this is first world war right so this is like the beginning of the 20th century that sylvia pankhurst was really recognized um that it wasn't just around women getting the vote she was really really clear about the lives of working class women and and it you know feminism or the suffragette movement needing to actually address the inequality the greater inequalities as well so she's way ahead of her time. I read, and, uh, just this weekend, I read a, really, a really, really good article about um, the history of, um, like, servants, right, at the beginning of the century, so around the same time. And it, it's a bit of a misconception that, you know, servants was all a bit like um, Downton Abbey or whatever, you know, it's all like, yes, my lord, or, you know, what kind of idea is about how servants were. And there's this article saying that servants were really, like loads of ordinary houses had servants. So, you know, it's just like actually quite a lot of kind of working people also had people come in and would do the cleaning and cooking and that. But also that, that servants were really radicalised and there was, uh, there was this whole kind of history of women who are working as servants who were um, campaigning for a kind of wages to housework and saying that the work they did, they're trying to organise themselves. So it's like a bit very hidden, because I always think of servants as just being like, yes, me lord, oh, sorry, you know, here I am. But they were really bolshy, and, and there was a whole kind of servant union um, and again, these are like hidden histories of women who are doing amazing stuff that is way, you know, way kind of in advance of of what else is going on in the world. Groundbreaking, and, and I think Sylvia's really groundbreaking. And, and you know, she had a child, didn't she, Tonya? That's like she yeah,
3: she had a son out of wedlock, and um, back then, you know, she, you know, um, her, she, her mum and sister never spoke to her again. Um, she 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 ended up sort of going to Ethiopia as well, and she is she was when she she died over there she was died and made an honorary in Ethiopia, and they actually learn about her in school in there. It's mm. part of their curriculum that they learn about her, and because um, she done so much for for that country, so she's part of their curriculum, which I think is great so kids do learn about feminism and, and yeah you just you have to you
0: have to go to school in ethiopia to do it that's the really yeah. that's the bad news it's, it's so brilliant because i know that she's really kind of really um supportive of harley selassie so I, I always think of her as relaxing with a big spliff at the end of the day and thinking, <laughs> okay. good, good day's work i and i good day's work um for uh <laughs> <laughs> I, I make the kind of leap between high celassy and reggae quite easily. <laughs> and a historically of probably. Um listen, I think we are kind of coming to the end now. Yeah, of uh, at times um I take I'll treasure many memories of this chat. Um I think um um Antonia waiting for her kind of marriage 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 <laughs> <laughs> to, to cure her alcoholism. <laughs> <laughs> <As> if, <laughs> yeah cheer me um if if i it's a bit of a difficult one, but if i just put everybody on the spot how would you if i went um uh, what, what do i if i if, if like if i'm around if i'd arrived from another planet which sometimes i feel like i have um and i'd say what is feminism how would you define feminism what's your definition of feminism
1: to try and empower women in a world where um they have no
3: power um yeah. I'll say feminism for me is knowledge power equals
4: power. It's really hard to put into words. I think maybe it's about like recognizing the power of women that we've always had it's just never been as visible. It's about making it more visible.
2: Yeah, it's yeah, it is really difficult, isn't it? But um I would say, so it's to understand um, the world from the position of being a woman, Um, because I think, you know, our kind of sex is really personal to us. Um, And yeah, feminism gives us that knowledge and understanding.
0: Um, And I think, you know, for me, it's just a really, a really interesting way of understanding a system. Um, i.e. patriarchy and capitalism that is really damaging to the people that live in it. Really, really great way to understand why those systems are so damaging.
3: Good. End. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Liz. Thank you.